You need to get a hold of Savannah anytime, 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots to get through today, my friend. Apparently, you're going to test me again in a little while, which is, this is great. just takes me right back to junior high. I appreciate that. Uh, we'll get to the injury calculator in just a bit. This is an amazing tool if you've not uh, gone to it at the website and checked it out. But first, we get to a week that was several cases you got going on. We do. We have mm. several cases, John. As usual, it's been a very busy week. And you know, before I get to the actual case scenarios uh, that I'm going to tell our audience about, uh, I'll tell you that I had a call uh, from a dear friend of mine that I haven't heard from in a while. And he mm. was in a, uh, a car accident, but there was a bit of an altercation there and the reason I'm telling you about this is uh, you know this is this is an interesting scenario I explained to him exactly what had to be done as a result of the car accident what his rights were what he needed to do etc right. etc and I do this on a daily basis with people who call me or email me uh, about advice for car accidents mm-hmm. slip and falls things like that and you know what he said at the end and I love that this is great I'm getting a sign on my door that says that okay he says you know I was so fired up after this accident uh, you just you calmed me right down. I'll tell nice. you, he says to me, you are better than a bartender and a psychologist combined. That is high How's praise. How's that, John? That uh-huh. is high praise. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. If only my wife actually had that same perspective. So anyways, uh-huh. uh, let, let, let's move on to, uh, to some of the cases that I came across this week. Uh, so uh, let me, let me uh, uh, talk to you about uh, an interesting scenario here. Uh, on August 13th, uh, Miss J, so of course we don't give the real names, Miss mm-hmm. J was walking at an aisle at a Canadian tire uh, when she hit her ankle on a skid that was protruding in the aisle. Ah. The skid obviously was left there by one of the employees. She left the store not thinking about it, but then, you know, 30 minutes later, her ankle got swollen and she went back to the store where the incident uh, occurred. She advised one of the employees about the incident. An incident report was created by the employee. The skid was removed, by the way, and guess what? No photos were taken of Mm -hmm. the skid. Uh, The manager took pictures of her ankle. Now, uh, six weeks later, she says her ankle is still swollen, and she was told by her doctor that she has to seek physiotherapy. Now, something, you know, doesn't drive with me here. I don't know why it's only physiotherapy. I, I... Hopefully, the the doctor had sent her for an X-ray or ultrasound, something Something, that, you know, will tell us if there's more serious damage uh, that requires some other intervention. Who knows? Maybe she broke her ankle. I have no idea. Anyways, the adjuster, the insurance adjuster for Canadian Tire had visited Janet Mm -hmm. and taken pictures of her ankle and uh, took a report from her, a statement. And she was told when she contacted them uh, about uh, the physiotherapy costs to see whether or not uh, they're going to pay it. So uh, the adjuster uh, essentially said, we will take a wait-and-see approach. We will let you know about those physiotherapy costs because right now it's out-of-pocket, right? It's an out-of-pocket expense. And that's what happens with most people. When they slip and fall, trip and fall, there's an accident, they incur costs. Perhaps you don't have a plan through work that's going to pay for it. You got to pay out-of-pocket. These things are expensive. Uh, and she's also been prescribed anti-inflammatories, uh, etc. So, you know, the issue here is, uh, from her perspective, is can we do anything about this? And of course, there's a few things that jump at me. Mm-hmm. Number one, if you suffer an injury and you think you have this idea that someone might be responsible, like in this case, right? What was a skid doing in the middle of a busy area in right. the aisle? Uh, if you think that there is potentially uh, an issue here and you are potentially injured, take photos of whatever caused the injury. We always talk about that in the context of a slip and fall on ice or a spill in a store. Yeah. It could be something else. Perhaps there was something protruding from an aisle like here. 
right? Uh, perhaps there was something else. So there's a sidewalk that, you know, we're not talking about ice, but maybe there is uh, a, a, a different in height between slabs of concrete. Whatever, whatever it is that caused you injury, make sure you take photographs or get someone to take photographs at the same time. Don't take photographs a year later, mm-hmm. okay? Who knows if that area itself, those two concrete slabs on the sidewalk, who knows if the height differential is the same now as it right. was a year ago when you were injured. So make sure you do that. Number two, as uh, you heard me say, she had an adjuster from the insurance company come and take a statement. I'm assuming that since she contacted us, um, I haven't had the chance to speak with her yet, but I'm assuming she did not have a lawyer or a paralegal or someone with her when the statement was taken. So who knows what she told the adjuster? Remember, these insurance adjusters, they're not bad people, but they have a job to do. And their job is to gather information and to, if possible, minimize the risk for the insured. So this adjuster is working for the insurance company that insures Canadian Tire. The last thing they want is, you know, to have a situation where they're insured, Canadian Tire has to pay this lady compensation for her injuries. So very important that if you are asked to give a statement that you have a lawyer or a paralegal, someone with you there, someone who is going to look out for your best interests. Uh, Number uh, three, she left Canadian Tire without making an incident report because she thought nothing of it. Again, unless you are really dealing with something small, right? And all of us have these things that happen. Perhaps we bumped into something, really something small. Okay, don't make an incident report, but understand that uh, we always look at the events uh, that occurred surrounding the incident. So if there is a claim that's going to derive from this incident, because let's say that she has an injury that's more serious and we start a claim for her against Canadian Tire, you can just imagine that the defense lawyer that's going to be assigned to defend Canadian Tire is going to say, hold on for a second. Clearly, this wasn't such a major injury because you left a store without... You walked without, away. You walked away. Mm-hmm. So understand that the steps you take immediately after an accident, whether it's a car accident or a slip and fall or a trip and fall or whatever it is, those are going to be scrutinized down the road. Understand, have that forethought, okay? I'm not saying she did anything wrong. It's what she did was natural, John, but I'm, what I'm saying Didn't is do that... do enough. Yeah, exactly. Just be educated and understand that if you are injured or you know someone who is injured, just make sure that you take... Take the necessary step, uh, steps initially. Take photos of whatever caused the injury. Make sure you fill out an incident report or advise whoever it is that's working there nearby that this happened. Make sure that, again, photos are taking, uh, uh, taken, any witnesses, uh, their, their contacts information mm-hmm. are, are taken because you never know. I'm not saying you start a claim for every injury because not every injury warrants it. And frankly, not everybody is responsible for the injuries that happen every day. But it's very important to take these steps to preserve your rights in the future. Lots more on the way. Stick around. 416-216-5910. That's Savan's direct number. We'll get to the email as well. That is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get through a few of those throughout the hour as well. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show. It's Talk Radio, AM 640. The Insurance and Injury Law Show, the number 416-216-5910. That'll get you a hold of Savan anytime. And the email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll tell you about the injury calculator. Get to some emails here in just a bit. But first, we continue with a few cases that you're in the middle of, yeah? Yes. Uh, long-term disability. Let's get on to gotcha. one of my favorite topics. The LTD. Uh, and by the way, remember how we started the show with uh, my friend who said that 
I calmed him down uh, and I'm better than a bartender and a psychologist. Yeah. Well, listen, I got another little story for you. I had a, a lady that we are resolving an LTD claim for. Uh, if, in fact, we actually just resolved an employment issue for her. So again, I'm going to stress the fact that we do both employment and disability law. And they go hand in hand. They sometimes. go hand in hand. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we keep everything in house and there is uh, close coordination between us and the employment lawyers. Very important. So I met uh, with this lady in preparation for her mediation where we're hopefully going to resolve the claim. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, she's been dealing a lot with, with one of my associates, Albert, who's just a phenomenal lawyer. And, you know, we oftentimes work on these types of cases as a team. And it's important because it allows us to move the claims that much faster through the process, right? You have 30 things you have to do. You have not just one person. You have five people. We can get all this stuff done. So I had met with her. And after we finished, you know, she looks at me and she says, you know, you know, she says, uh, I just have to tell you, you calm me right down, again, using the same words as my friend that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. And I said, well, you know, I appreciate it. This is one of the things we aim to do is to calm you down because we can deal with the insurance company. You don't need to. Mm -hmm. And then she says, no, 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 you don't understand. When I saw how you interacted, because I had BCC'd her on some of my emails with the insurance adjuster, just when I saw how aggressive you were with the insurance company, I knew that I had nothing to worry about, that I actually had someone in my corner. And, and, you know, again, it reaffirmed this idea that when you are dealing with an insurance company, especially when you are on long-term disability, you are dealing with an illness or an injury. You're dealing with a whole constellation of issues. You don't need this crap from the insurance company. So you need someone to deal with them for you who knows what they're doing, who's going to even the playing field. Right. And... It's just so crucial because this peace of mind that the individual gets, it's it's there's you can't buy it. You can't. It's it's, it's priceless. It's, it's really priceless. Is. Yep. And uh, yeah. So anyway, so it affected me, and and I can tell you, we're going to be resolving the case for her uh, on on very good terms. So let's me move on uh, now to that LTD case that I was just going to speak mm-hmm. uh, about. So I had uh, Miss L contact me uh, this week. And she's been on LTD for over a year now due to depression, panic attacks, and stress. Okay, not unusual. Uh, And there's a whole host of reasons of why she's going through this. In any event, her LTD was cut off on June 30th of this year. Yeah. And guess what? Let me read to you the next line here, okay, from my notes. She was cut off as per the recommendation of the rehabilitation specialist that was referred to her by the insurance company. Okay? The rehabilitation specialist that the insurance company sent her to told the insurance company that she is fit to go back to work on a part-time basis. Her doctor disagreed with the recommendation. In fact, he stated unequivocally that she's unable to go back to work. And actually, he even prescribed her more medications to cope with her panic attacks. You can just imagine, by the way, how much that cutoff aggravated her panic attacks, her depression, anxiety, and all that. She's 52 years old. She's a payroll administrator, and she's in a predicament. And she's in the same predicament that a lot of people are in, and they don't know what to do. So for all of you out there who are in that situation, insurance companies will often refer you to various clinics, uh, various specialists, either to get treatments from those people for whatever ailments you have that got you on LTD in the first place, or or they may send you at some point during the claims process to one of their experts, quote-unquote, 
to give the insurance company an opinion as to whether or not you are still disabled. Right. And unfortunately, what happens is that in most instances, these individuals hired and paid for by the insurance company will provide an opinion that is favorable to the insurance company. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> and that's what the insurance company is going to be relying on yeah. in cutting you off. And so then when they get a claim from me, the insurance company, they say, hold on, we didn't do anything wrong. We're relying on the opinion of these experts, right? The experts, uh, the, the experts that uh, you bought and paid for. There's no you know, history of the patient. Exactly. Oftentimes, these specialists have seen this individual perhaps for 30 minutes, just one time, reviewed their medical history and drafted a report for the insurance company. So perhaps this expert had put literally two, three hours, if, on this file and and by doing that, provided an opinion that now altered significantly the course of the claim, uh, essentially allowing or giving the insurance company an excuse to cut the person off. Well, I'll tell you, John, the fact that this lady's doctor, her own doctor, her treating doctor, and other specialists are supporting her disability, mm-hmm. are saying that this rehabilitation specialist is wrong, that's enough for me to say to her, we can recover for you, you were cut off incorrectly, and you know we're going to start a claim ASAP, and I can guarantee you, okay, I never say guarantee 100%, but I'll give you a guarantee of 99.9%. Okay, Nothing's guaranteed in life 100%, but guarantee 99.9% that we're going to recover for her. She's not going to have to deal with this adjuster or with any other adjuster because we're going to handle it. I'm going to handle it. I'm going to deal with this insurance adjuster, and I, I will deal with whatever experts they throw at us because you know what, John? She's got people who are treating her. She's got people who care about her. They support her. So now it's my job to go and present that to the insurance company and tell them, look, you're going to have one of two choices. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. Either you pay her the proper settlement, whatever you, whatever she's owed, or gonna you're going to get nailed by a judge. I mean, yeah. it's just that simple. Yeah. And, and frankly, these cases almost never, ever get to court because the insurance companies are terrified of going to court. Remember, John, this is a poker game for them. They're assuming that for every Ms. L that contacts me, there's about 10 out there that don't because they assume that they right. are unable to Play fight. the odds. Yeah, they're playing the odds. We'll take a uh, short one, 416-216-5910. Some emails help at theinsurancelawyer.ca, and we'll, give you, uh, we'll fill you in with the injury calculator as well if you've never seen or used that tool. The Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640. 416-216-5910, and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to an email here in just a moment as uh, we continue with more of the week that was. What do you got going on? I have one more case. You're and, busy. And I, I am busy. busy. And, you know, I'm telling you, I have to select the cases I talk I on know. because they're just so... So interesting, and they're coming fast. So this is this is a bit of a, of a different one. This is a personal injury one. It's not a disability one, uh, but I'll, I'll I'll tell you the scenario, and and then we'll analyze it. Okay. So Ms. V, uh, who's fifty eight years old, and she's on uh, ODSP, which is uh, Ontario Disability. She uses a scooter for mobility. She was on a chartered bus. She was going from uh, Toronto to Cambridge. The driver took a hard turn. Uh, a very hard turn. And uh, since her scooter was not properly strapped, remember, she's disabled, she's on a scooter. It wasn't properly strapped. She ended up crashing into a metal lift on the opposite side of the bus with her scooter on top of her on the floor. She's got no recollection of her flying from one side to the next. She's been diagnosed with a concussion. Side note, remember, concussion equals brain injury. Okay. Uh, And a dislocated clavicle. Very, very painful. Uh, in fact, her clavicle is still very painful, and occasionally she needs assistance when, when showering and you know bathing, things like that. 
she also has memory loss, which is not unusual with concussions. And, you know, you're dealing with a case, with a situation that happened almost a year ago, and she's now contacting us. So the question then becomes, well, who's at fault here, right? This is not a standard car accident. This is not a standard situation of a slip and fall. Who is at fault here? Well, my understanding from speaking with her, um, I actually didn't speak with her. Somebody else did in my office. I wasn't able to. But my information is that the driver is the one who was supposed to strap her in. She is disabled, remember. So clearly he didn't do a good enough job in doing that. And so the question then becomes, is the driver or the driving the, the the bus company, it's a special bus, are they responsible for this? And in my opinion, they would be. Why wouldn't they? Right? That's it's, their gig. It's that's their gig, exactly. It's one thing if she was the one who strapped herself in, right? And, and she just didn't do a good enough job. Well then you can say she was the author of her own misfortune. That's you know, colloquially that's what we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that wasn't the case here. He's the one who failed to do that and then took a hard turn. It was foreseeable that someone in her position who's disabled on a scooter that's not strapped in is going to get injured. Yeah. Uh, so the question in my mind is not so much uh, you know, who's responsible, but the extent of the injury or damages. And one of the reasons I talk about this case is because she was already on ODSP. So of course you're thinking to yourself, or people out there think, well, hold on, this person was already disabled. How bad can this be? I mean, you know, they're already, uh, you know, in, in a poor state and now they just have another injury, you know, is it really worth that much right. money-wise, right? And we're gonna get to the injury calculator in a second. Uh, where we talk about the worth or the uh, amount Mm -hmm. that you're entitled to for compensation. Here's the reality. The fact that you are previously injured or you have an issue or you have a pre-existing medical history, all of us, all of us have pre-existing medical issues. I may have had back pains in the past. You may have had some sure. you know, headaches in the past. It doesn't mean that if you get injured and aggravate those injuries or suffer new injuries, that you're not entitled to compensation. Now, the insurance company may take the position, oh, wait a second, you know, in the context of your entire pre-accident medical history, a concussion and a broken crav- uh, uh, um, clavicle don't really mean much. Oh, no, they do. They do. And I'll tell you, insurance companies often take the position that people who are already in a vulnerable state, who are already injured or ill, the fact that now they've had an accident as a result of someone's negligence, and now they're worse, insurance companies try to downplay that. Yeah, well, they they're, try they're all injured. the time. Yeah. And why do they try to downplay that? They try to downplay that because they think that if they're successful in downplaying it, that means they have to pay less money. Right. Not true. Completely not true. You have to look at each set of facts. And I often give the example of what happens if you have someone who had back surgery a year ago, and now they're stable and they can go to work, they can do whatever they need to do, but they're vulnerable, right? They had that back surgery. The back is not, you know, the back that a healthy person would have. And now they've had a a minor fender bender, a car accident. For you and I, that would be nothing, John. But for that individual who had that back surgery last year, now, you know, all hell has has broken loose. For I mean, sure. Now they may need another surgery. Well, insurance companies can't say, "Hold on, he had that back issue before, so really, you know, this is not our fault." No, no, no. The fact that that person was vulnerable to this incident, the fact that it was just a fender bender, that's your problem, insurance company's problem, not the individual's problem. So very important to understand that pre-existing medical issues 
don't mean that you get less money or get no money. Very, very important. I bet you a lot of times that people uh, would make a claim with the insurance company even goes to cut them off in that situation. You go, yeah, you know what? I was already injured. I'm not going to win this one because they're looking at it like yes. I'm, already, you know, I'm already bruised up. You're absolutely right. A hundred percent. And you know, and, and that's part of the narrative that insurance companies put out there. You know, you're already screwed up, John. So, yeah. you know, who are you to make a claim? How are we here? guilty? Yeah. Exactly. But that's not the way that the law works. The law asks, who is at fault if we're dealing with a car accident or an injury? Who's at fault and what are the injuries? That's what the law asks. It doesn't ask what's your pre-existing medical history in relation to these injuries. That's a different issue altogether. 416-216-5910. Write that number down. Get you a hold of Savannah anytime. And it is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Some emails as soon as we come back here on the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM640. Email address, simple, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And the number is 416-216-5910. Let's get to the injury calculator before we get to uh, some of the emails that have come through. How does that work? So that's an online tool. It's a free tool, an anonymous tool, and it allows you, uh, by you I mean anyone that's listening here and wants to just have a a peek at it, uh, to go on it and literally fill in a few key pieces of information. You don't have to put your name or number or anything. You're just saying, here's my injury. Here's the extent of that injury. Here's when it happened. Here's how how old I am. Uh, Does it affect my work or not? It takes you like 15 seconds at most, 20 seconds at most uh, to complete this. And then what happens is the program goes through an analysis of cases, case law from across Canada uh, with people who've had similar injuries um, and, and, you know, who've who've, uh, gone all the way to court and what this program does is it searches that database and tells you, John, you're saying here that you have a broken ankle and you had surgery on it. Based on our review of the case law from across the country, here is the range of damages you can expect to get for your pain and suffering, meaning here's the range of dollars that you can expect to get. Right. So if you were to go on it and look for you know, a torn shoulder or a frozen shoulder or a concussion, or a neck injury, whatever it is, it will then tell you based on our review of the case law across the country. And again, it's not something that I made up. It's literally us putting in all of this information from cases across the country. It will tell you, here's what you can potentially expect to get for pain and suffering suffering. if someone else was negligent. And that's just for pain and suffering. That's not for income loss, right? Maybe you can't work after the accident. Maybe you had to pay a family member or a neighbor to do certain things around the house. That's not included. That's on top of whatever the calculator tells you you're entitled to for pain and suffering. And often much more. Often much, much yeah. more. You can have, uh, it's just a prime example, you can have an injury uh, to your ankle that may be worth, uh, let's say, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 because you had some fractures and, a, and surgery on it. Uh, and maybe you're uh, in the type of job line of work where you have to be on your feet. Maybe you were making $40,000 a year and now you can't make that money. Well, maybe you can't make that money for two years, let's say, right? So you've just lost $80,000, but your injury is worth, let's say, $35,000. So you see how the income loss component of the claim dwarfs the pain and suffering component. And again, maybe you need money for physiotherapy and other treatments. Maybe you have to buy medications. All these things come together, but the injury calculator allows you to anonymously and freely go on it and just figure out what can you expect to get just for the pain and suffering component. You want to give us an email at simple help at the insurance lawyer.ca. Sonia from Cornwall says I've been on LTD, long-term disability uh, now for over a year. And my adjuster just informed me that I would stop getting LTD payments on December 23rd because I am no longer disabled. But I can't go back to work and my pain specialist wrote a letter to the insurance company, but they're ignoring that. 
Uh, I thought everyone got LTD for two years. What are they, uh, why, and, and what are they doing? How are they doing this? Okay, so Sonia, let me address uh, the last point you made. I thought everyone gets LTD, long-term disability, for two years. No, that's not the case. Uh, it's not as though you go on LTD and then automatically you're entitled to two years' worth of LTD. There is a test that you have to meet. And generally speaking, for LTD, the test is total disability. And we spoke about what total disability means. It doesn't mean you are paralyzed. It just means that you are unable to do the, 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 the key aspects of your job. And if you have medical support for that, if you have your doctor, specialist, whoever it is that's treating you, in Sonia's case, it's a pain specialist, if you have those people... Uh, write a report or reports that say that this person is unable to do their job, the insurance company should not be cutting them off. But to your point, Sonia, the fact that you're cut off before the two-year mark, that in and of itself does not mean the insurance company did anything wrong. What they did wrong is is to go against what your doctors are saying. In other words, they should should not have cut you off, but not because you are before the two-year mark. Uh, So it's very important people to understand that if you you can be on disability for three months, and perhaps are ready to go back to work, well, then they're not going to pay you for two years. But in every case, John, I tell people that if you are cut off disability, whether it's at the one-year mark, at the two-year mark, at the three-year mark, whenever you're cut off, despite the fact that your own doctors are saying in writing, on paper, that you cannot go back to work, that you still are disabled, you should be giving me a call. You should not be fighting this on your own and the one thing you should definitely, definitely not be doing is assuming that you have no recourse, okay? Fight back. And if you can't just call me, email me, talk to me, I will tell you very quickly, within seconds, whether or not you have a case or not. Well, let's talk about the insurance companies for a sec. So you're, you know, you, you take over a claim and, uh, you know, you go up against this big, bad insurance company. They bully you around. I mean, after all, they've got resources galore because they have cash. They have money. Right, but what happens? Okay, so, so two aspects of the claim. Do they bully you? And, you know, they have resources galore. Infinite resources, right? We think these insurance companies, I mean, they're billion-dollar entities. Yeah. Right, but how do they make that money? They didn't make that money by throwing it away. They certainly don't want to throw it away on their lawyers, Right. It's a gamble. It's a poker game, right? They're assuming that for every person that stands up for their rights, who calls me or another lawyer who knows what they're doing, there's going to be 10, 20, 30, 40 other people who are not going to do that. So the money that is rightfully owed to them, owed to them, Mm. is not going to be claimed. It's going to remain in that pot of gold that the insurance company is going to scoop up at the end of the year. That's the reality. And as to the question as to whether or not they try to uh, bully me, uh, no, they don't try to bully me. There's no point simply because I ignore it. I mean, you can't, within the legal framework, they're not above the law. And that's another thing to remember. Insurance companies bow down to the law. So if I'm telling someone that the law dictates that they are owed compensation, Insurance companies can scream and yell and do whatever they want. Ultimately, they will pay. It's just that simple. It's a matter of how do you get them to do that. And that's where we come in. 416-216-5910 is that number. Your email is coming through at help at the insurancelawyer.ca. I'll give you details on mydisabilityquestions.com as well. That's a very cool website. Lots more of the insurance and injury law show coming right up. Talk radio, AM640. 416-216-5910 and help at the insurancelawyer.ca. That is the email. We'll get to one in the air very shortly. Give me details on mydisabilityquestions.com as well. So that's a beautiful site. Uh, This is a site we started a while back as well. And the purpose of the site is to have people, again, anonymously, if they don't want to share their name or put a pseudonym there, Mm. 
simply ask their questions about long-term disability. And the reason why it's so powerful is because you get an email from me. You get an answer from me on the spot. Now, you don't have to post your question if you don't want to. Uh, you can simply contact me directly. But, you know, oftentimes I find the people who post these questions, these get Googled and reviewed by other people who have the exact same question. And so if you go on the website, you'll see that there are countless questions with answers. Uh, and most times, a lot of the questions are repetitive questions because people don't actually search that database. Right. But it's an amazing resource. So, you know, traditionally, you call up a lawyer, you pay them whatever you pay them uh, for advice. Well, scrap that away. Now you have a website, mydisabilityquestions.com. And essentially, I answer those questions for you with literally within moments of you posting them on. And you don't have to do anything. I mean, it's just free information, essentially. So why wouldn't you take advantage of that if you uh, are in that situation or you know someone in that situation? And, you know, it's for long-term disability, but it's also for injuries as well. I mean, I'm, I'm there. If I know the answer, I will give you that answer. Uh, and if I don't know that answer, I will make sure to look it up or tell you, you know, you have to contact this individual, yeah. that individual. But it's a free site and it's a question answer site. And it's just been so helpful to so many people. Get to an email from Blake uh, up in Brantford. says, my father was in a car crash about two months ago. The other guy was charged with careless. And my dad was left with broken ribs and had to have surgery for his knee because it smashed into the dashboard. He hasn't been able to go back to work. My father doesn't like legal stuff and doesn't want to call a lawyer. And I'm trying to convince him to at least speak with you. He's listening to your show right now. Uh, what do you think about his situation? Well, Blake, first of all, you're a good son. And uh, all I will say to your father who's listening right now is that uh, sir, it's completely up to you as to whether or not you want to make a claim or not for compensation for your injuries. But your injuries are serious. Uh, broken ribs, surgery on your knee. You know, I have no idea how old you are, what your health before the accident was. Uh, you know, you haven't been able to go back to work. You have a serious claim. And there are a lot of people who contact me who are concerned about family members or friends in similar situations, and those individuals who are injured, for whatever reason, don't want to contact me, not because of me, but because they just, they're afraid of the whole process. And that's okay, that's legitimate, that's mm -hmm. valid. But you know what I don't accept? I don't accept, John, when people are simply turning a blind eye to the compensation that they are potentially owed. And this is the key thing here. You are owed this. Okay? We're not talking about a situation where you're trying to scam the system. Yeah. You're trying to find a tax loophole. Yeah, That's not, not a windfall this, here. This is, there's no windfall. If anything, negligence law, which is what governs car accidents, says that if you were injured because of someone's negligence, and clearly here the other guy was negligent, he was charged with careless, his insurance company is going to pony up money, but only if you make the claim for it. If you don't make the claim for it, you're not going to get it. And here's the here's the thing. You only have two years to do it. Beyond that two-year mark, you are into a whole different world. It doesn't mean you can't make a claim, but you are beyond the two-year limitation period, and then you have to look for exceptions. Yeah. And it just, it's a, it's a huge uphill battle. So, you know, Blake, all I can say is you've done the right thing in having your father listen to the show. And to your father, I'll say, you're entitled to two separate claims here, one from your insurance company for accident benefits, which are crucial to start a ASAP and one against the other driver. And really, it's against his insurance company. They're going to have to pony up significant amount of money to compensate you for what their insured did. Their insured was careless. You suffered serious injuries. Your losses are crystallizing by the day, right? You're not able to work, which means that you are losing money on a daily basis. 
Who's going to compensate you? Your family. Who's going to look out for you for the future? Maybe you won't be able to go back full time. Maybe you're not going to be able to, to earn money to pay the mortgage. I mean, you may have these issues. You need to talk to me. Uh, you need to email me. Let's get together and I'll tell you exactly what your options are. And John, I make this very clear. And you know, people who have dealt with me throughout the years will tell you this one thing. I never push you to sign anything. I never push you to sign up. If you don't want to accept the fact that you're owed compensation and then I can get it for you, that's on you. No problem. You know what? There's a lineup of people that are asking me to help them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people can do whatever they want. I'm not going to be pushy. I'm not going to, I'm going to be pushy if they retain me against the insurance company, but I'm not going to be pushy in telling them, you know what? I'm not going to drag people uh, to to force them to start a claim for money that's owed to them. If they don't get the fact that they should be driving the process, if they don't get the fact that they should sign up or, or tell me, listen, I want you to represent us, then you know what? Do your do your own thing and, and you know, be in a cocoon and, you know, perhaps a few years down the road when you realize that I was right and now you're going to lose your house because you can't pay for it because you can't work because of that accident. And you're past the limitation period. You got it. Yeah. Well, then it's on you. It's yeah. on you. And you know what? In this case, Blake, you're doing the right thing and I hope that other people who are listening who have family members or friends who are in that same situation... I hope that you know they're taking action because really it's about taking action. It's pick up the phone or email me and I'll tell you exactly within a few seconds, within a few minutes, if you have a case or not. Yeah, there's no harm just there's a call, no man. There's no harm. It's information, yeah. right? It's just information, free information. We'll take a, a short break and uh, we'll get to another email when we come back. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Check out the injury calculator when you got a few minutes. Injurycalculator.ca is that website. It's the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM 640. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. That's the email address. Tony, St. Catharines writes to you, says, I slipped on a spill at a nearby hardware store and hit my knee pretty hard. They did an x-ray and ultrasound. That showed that I tore a ligament. Now my doctor wants to see, uh, wants me to see a surgeon. Very upset because I was supposed to go on vacation in two weeks with my wife and I can hardly walk now. I'm probably not going to be able to go and we've been saving for this vacation for a couple of years. Uh, can I get my money back for my vacation? Uh, what's up with the store? How does they factor in? Okay, so Tony, first of all, yes, you are entitled to the money back. Um, You're not going to get it instantaneously, right? right? We're going to have to show and prove that the store was negligent. It's going to be against their insurance company. All these stores are insured by insurance companies for exactly these kinds of incidents. Now, keep in mind, your vacation may have cost five grand, ten grand, two grand, whatever it is. The fact that you may now need surgery, that's what it looks like we are uh, talking about here. You're talking about a very serious injury. You may potentially develop conditions like arthritis, osteoarthritis, whatever it is in your knee. I don't know how exactly that's affecting your work, but I can tell you that uh, the compensation that you're seeking for the mis- for the for the vacation that you're going to lose least your is, is is yeah it's the yeah. least you're going to be entitled to a lot more money than yeah. that a lot I mean generally when I deal with knee injury claims requiring surgery again based on my experience usually you're you're dealing with claims in the six figure range okay depending on the severity of the injury because knee injuries are very very serious. Uh, there is uh, an orthopedic surgeon that uh, I, I speak with uh, often. He's one of the top guys who does um, hip and uh, knee reconstruction um, in, in one of the major hospitals downtown Toronto. And I'll tell you, just from talking to him, my God, when you have a knee injury, uh, especially one where you have something torn or, or a break, mm-hmm. that requires surgery, you're now into things like knee replacements. It's just, it can be horrible. Yeah. 
So, uh, Tony, let, let's uh, let's speak on the phone and l- let me give you some more information because not only can you recover for the lost vacation, but you're going to be able to get a lot more than that to compensate you for your losses. Tony, that number, 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca if you want an email. All right. Where's your test? Are we ready for that, John? Okay, no, let's do it. Just, yeah, of course you are. Right. So this is the second test that John is going to undergo. Um, undergo? Undergo. Uh, under like some the penalty. Fa- yeah. All right, let's start. Five questions. Number Donald one. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's keep him out. Uh, number one, mm-hmm. uh, you can only get money for your pain and suffering if you've been injured in a slip and fall. Incorrect, sir. Incorrect. Exactly. Exactly. Slip and fall accidents are common, but so are trip and falls, mm-hmm. right? Tripping over stuff, car accidents, dog bites, all that whatever, stuff. all that stuff. So it's not just slip and falls. Good. One out of one. Mm-hmm. Number two, you have to have witnesses to prove that you fell and that you were injured. No, 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 no. That's no. right. You don't have to have witnesses. Listen, the fact that no one saw you fall doesn't mean it didn't happen. You're not always with somebody. Exactly. Take pictures. Take pictures. And even if you didn't take a picture, you know, I'll, I'll tell you when people get into trouble. They get into trouble when they have a slip and fall, let's say in a store. Uh, they don't tell anyone. Yeah. And they start a claim months and months later. And when we look at the medical records, we find out that the first time they sought any medical help for their injury is months and months later. Yes. Well, now now there's a question as to hold on. First of all, do we have any contemporaneous note from anyone, right. either in a medical record or a witness or someone who's going to corroborate that you actually fell in this location? And number two, obviously, if you haven't seen a medical professional for months and months, how serious was this mm-hmm. really? And don't give me the story about the fact that you never complain and never go to doctors. Because if it was really a significant injury, you'd see someone. Right. Right before all these months pass, all right. But you don't need to have witnesses to start a claim. Gotcha. Okay. In fact, in many cases, you don't. Number three, you can always claim compensation if you slip and fall, no matter who is at fault for your fall. No, that's right. Yes. No, exactly. And this is very important as well. You can have people calling me. In fact, I have people calling me, and they tell me, "Listen, I slipped and fell on this and that." And I say, "Okay, well, what happened? You know, what caused you to fall?" I, I don't know. Well, was there anything wrong with the sidewalk? No. Uh, was there was there wa- water or ice in in the, in the store in the aisle? Mm-hmm. No, there was nothing there. So, what caused you to fall? I, I don't know. I just think I, I just lost my own balance. Well, well then you're an idiot. <laughs> We're not talking about that. We're talking about who's at fault, right? So the first point of analysis is who's at fault. If no one is at fault but yourself, right? no, you're not entitled to compensation from the insurance company of the place where you fell. Obviously. If I fell in a Canadian tire and there was nothing that they did wrong, well, they're not on the hook for anything, no. okay? So very important to understand, someone has to be at fault for you to start a claim against them, okay? Three for three. Three for three. Number four. Yes. It's wise for you to try to deal with an insurance adjuster yourself after a slip and fall accident. Ah, uh, no, don't do that. Exactly, don't, don't do, do that. that. But you know what? I still get people calling me day in and day out who tell me that they did just that. And of course, then we're into damage control mode. Big don't time. deal with adjusters yourself. Gotcha. You're going to get into trouble. These people are professional. Number five, last one. You can claim compensation for a slip and fall that happened four years ago. No. Two-year limitation, baby. You're so right. that's a trick question, John. <laughs> it's no. a trick question. No, 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 no. You're correct. Ah. There is a two-year limitation period. Remember that even with cases where you were injured more than two years ago, there are exceptions to the rule. If you're under the age of 18. 
For example, for, yes, for example, if you're under the age of 18, limitation period doesn't start running until you are 18. The two years, the, the clock doesn't start ticking until you reach 18 years of age. But there are other situations as well. So my point is, don't write off immediately uh, the injury just because it happened more than two years ago or because it happened to someone you know more than two years ago. There may be exceptions. You don't want to be in the exception category if you don't have to, but there are exceptions. But I will give you that, John, because really I want people to take away from this that you do have two years, generally speaking. So it's five for five. Good job. Five for five. Again, thank you. Good job. That law degree in the back of the matchbox paid off. (laughs) Uh, Until next time, 416-216-5910. And always to get a hold of us, Savannah, through the email help at theinsurancelawyer.ca and check out injurycalculator.ca as well. Till next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio AM 640.